helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Hi, this is Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, and I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Radio Show. Today's show is part two two of surviving in a dysfunctional relationship. Last week we did part one and it was really a blast to be able to share those first three points of the seven points of how to survive in a dysfunctional relationship. And today we are going to give the other four points of how to survive. And with me in studio today to uh, discuss this very important topic is Melissa Wagat. Thanks for having me back in studio, Michael. Thank you very much, Melissa, for joining us today. And let me welcome all of you faithful listeners who have been listening. And thank you for being with us again on this show as we discuss this very important topic. And so for those of you who are just joining us for the very first time, this is the Life Transformation Radio Show. We're on every Monday morning at 9.30. This is part of the Elam Counseling Ministry. If you want to find out more about Elam and what we do, you can go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can call us at 613-699-1677. We also, through Elam, have an exciting event coming up. It's the third annual conference, I believe. We're on year number right, three, right, year Michael? Year number three, yes. and Just a couple weeks away. Absolutely. And very excited about this year's conference. So this year's conference is the First Love Conference. And we took this name from... In Revelation, where Jesus uh, admonishes the church that they have left their first love. And we have come to realize, I've come to realize through years of counseling, that there are, there are ways in which, three ways in, in which we have left our first love. And I think first love can be the love of self. We're all born with a healthy dose of self-love, but there are things that happen, such as being born into dysfunctional family, making mistakes in your life where you uh, come to dislike yourself. Uh, these kind of things can end up with people not having a healthy dose of self-love that God wants us to, to have. And I think last week we talked about the fact that some people might see this as narcissistic when we talk about self-love. Exactly. But you were saying it's not narcissism at all. It's actually quite biblically based. Absolutely. Because when Jesus made the statement that we are to love others as ourself, that statement presupposes that we have a healthy dose of self-love. And if you don't love yourself, then it's very hard to love others. And some of the the, the, the problems that we have in relationship is because people don't really love themselves. Sometimes they sabotage a very good relationship because they don't think they deserve it at a subconscious level. And so to to function, it's very important to be happy in life and to 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 have successful relationships, it's first of all very necessary to have a healthy dose of self-love. So after we talk about self-love, what can the participants expect to hear? Absolutely. So apart from self-love, we're going to also be dealing with a healthy, restoring romantic love, healthy love in, rom- in, in romantic relationship. And this is for couples, but not only for couples, for anyone who might be in a, in a relationship at some point in their life. Because sometimes we, we can't uh, even get to the stage of having a relationship because we have barriers that block our ability to, to, to function in a romantic situation. So 
we sabotage it even before we get there. So we are going to be helping anyone who is aspiring to have been in a relationship or is already in a relationship to remove those barriers that is preventing you from getting the love that you want. And then the third area, Melissa, has to do with spirituality, restoring God love. And, and we talked about this a lot last week is there's a lot of people out there who have a lot of zeal, want to get really close to God, are saying they're going to read their Bible, they're going to pray more, they're going to worship more. And for whatever reason, it just never seems to to, to to pan out. That New Year's resolution ends sort of two weeks later. Yes. And why is that? And I think there are some studies that have been done that show that uh, sometimes when you have issues in your past that you haven't dealt with, for example, trauma in childhood, where it was very frightening to be alone and to, you know, being alone and sitting still is very uncomfortable. It makes it very hard for you to be in your prior closet where you're sitting still and just focusing. Some people tell me that the moment I sit and I try to be quiet with God, it's like there's a million things coming to my mind. Oh, you need to get up and you need to do this or do that. And they give in to these impulses. But it's quite possible that what's driving this is that it's very uncomfortable and there is something in your subconscious that is saying danger. There is nothing good about sitting still. There is something, it's linked to something uncomfortable. And so we'll be looking at that and other reasons why people can't have the kind of God relationship that they want. Last week we talked about how sometimes we project onto God uh, the qualities of our earthly father and our earthly mother. And so if you have parents that it wasn't pleasant to be around and they were judgmental and harsh, then you subconsciously project these things onto God and it makes it very hard for you to want to spend time with God. But instead of saying, I don't want to spend time with God because it is the it's not a Christian thing to say. <laughs> Instead of saying that... It's a that, little taboo. Yeah, we say, I don't have time. And we make ourselves busy doing a multitude of other things like watching The Survivor or The Bachelor and, you know, all of those uh, shows. But we don't have time to pray. Life is too busy. And so if you are interested in joining us, we would love to see you at this conference. It's going to be a wonderful Saturday of on September 30th at the Church of God right here in Ottawa, where we're going to explore the topic of first love. And we're going to go through those areas of healthy self-love, healthy romantic love, and healthy God love, and hopefully have lots of breakthroughs throughout the day for people in their lives. If you want to join us and get your name on the list, go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can call us to register at 613-699-1677. And register early because what's happened in the past is the space does fill up quickly and we want to see you there. So please register as soon as possible. And as we said last week, the cost before September 1st is 25 and after that it goes to $35. So if you'd like to register, make sure that you register before September uh, September 1st. We'd also like to ask for sponsors. If maybe you you are not going to, to the conference or you've been to past conference and you know how valuable these conferences are, like we are running this conference at a loss in most cases because what we are trying to do is to get as many people to come who, who need to be there. And so sponsors help us to be able to to 
put on these kind of events and cover the cost. If you would like to be a sponsor, you can give us a call at 613-699-1677. So today we are covering part two of surviving dysfunctional relationships. If you missed part one last week, you can always check it out on our website at elamcounselingministry.com. And in that session, we covered three three strategies, I guess you can call them. Yes, so I won't go over the three strategies today, but there are seven ways, seven tips that we share, we are sharing in this series about how to, how to survive in a dysfunctional relationship. So if you have missed last week's show, we encourage you to go, we don't have the time to go into those three uh, areas in a way that would do it justice again. So what I'll suggest you do, if you go to a website at elamcounselingministry.com, you will see the show on the radio show, Life Transformation Radio Show, and just click on the link that says Surviving in a Dysfunctional Relationship Part 1, and you will have those three tips that will help you survive in your relationship, or you may be helping others. Maybe you're a pastor, or you're in some helping role in your church. It's very important to to have these tips to help those that you're helping. So what is today's first tip? Right. So the first tip today, in a, if you're in a dysfunctional relationship, is to set boundaries for yourself. Because one of the challenges in dysfunctional relationship is that often people who are dysfunctional, they don't know where their life ends and other people's life begins. So they have this enmeshment with others where they feel that others are to... Uh, support everything that they do. Others are to think like them. Others are supposed to want what they want. And so when you ha- when you are in these kind of relationships, you'd end up uh, sometimes losing your sense of identity and even sometimes losing God's will for your life because you just allow the other people, the other person in the relationship to, to take over and to chart or path for the relationship when that's not the path for you that's not the path that God wants you to be so I think it's very important if you if you're in such a relationship to set uh, uh, healthy boundaries for yourself why do people find it difficult to set boundaries in the first place well for one uh, setting boundaries can be very scary because if you're with someone who is dysfunctional maybe you have allowed them to uh, make you afraid of standing up for yourself. And so if you think of setting boundaries, for example, you might be told that, you know, if you, if you do that, I'm going to leave. Right. If you if you keep talking about this, then the relationship is over, and this kind of these kind of threats can be uh, can can help to, to to breed further dysfunction because now you won't say anything. You're afraid of standing up for yourself. You're afraid even if this person is contravening God principles, uh, you're afraid of standing up for righteousness because if I do, I might lose my husband or I might lose my job or my parents, my dysfunctional parents might never talk to me again if I stand up for what is right. So people sometimes are afraid. The second reason why people sometimes uh, don't set boundaries is that they mistake setting boundaries with hurting the person. So if I draw a, a, a firm line to say, I will not 
tolerate this and if you do this again it might mean that we can't be in the kind of relationship that we have now people will say well this not, this not, that doesn't sound Christian like I will hurt the person and if I if, if, if that's not a nice thing to do but let me say that there is a big difference between hurting someone and harming someone your dentist might hurt you by pulling out your abscess tooth but it will harm you for that abscess tooth to remain in your mouth mm. so there's a big difference there so there are times when we say we don't want to hurt someone and we allow that abscess situation to stay in the relationship and to fester and become more infected and to create more and more discord and more and more dysfunction. Whereas if we were to take a stand, yes, it might hurt because a person won't have their the same comfort that they had before or, you know, won't, won't be able to get away with the things that they would get away because you're setting clear boundaries. And so it might hurt but it will help the relationship in the the long run so people sometimes confuse hurt with harm and it's a big difference what a great example that visual is so so true and you just think of that abscess festering over time over time and in the long run, that's going to cause you so much more agony Absolutely. than just dealing with yes. it in the first place. Yes, and, and I, th- I think in, in setting boundaries when it comes to hurting someone, an example of what that might look like in, in some relationship. I've seen a relationship where the person is, is drinking and driving and they, this dysfunction is continuing. They are driving the children while drunk. And the mother in the situation will say, well, you know, I don't want to report the person because if I report them, they're going to get in trouble. And, you know, I, I love them too much to get to, to take that kind of step to say, if to set the boundary to say, if you drive with the kids drunk one more time, I will notify the cops or I will involve CAS. Instead of saying that and putting that boundary in place, they say, well, I don't want to get the person to get in trouble. But the, f- the thing is that sometimes it's those kind of actions that bring about change, where the person might have this wake-up call to say, well, I, you know, I can see that you're very serious about this and I won't do that dysfunctional. I won't take that step of driving the kids while drunk again because I know I don't want to get in trouble. Or they might cross the boundary and you follow through and they get in trouble. But it's that getting in trouble that might cause the the, the courts to legislate that they get the help that they want, that they need to deal with their addiction and to become sober. And so uh, by setting boundaries, it's very important to realize that the boundaries that you set might not mean that your harm might not, will not harm the person, but will instead help the person and help the relationship. So what other strategies should people take to survive dysfunctional relationships? It's very, very important to self-care. 
And it, when you're in a dysfunctional relationship, it's very easy to become the caregiver in the relationship, where you are the one that uh, we talked about the story of Abigail, where Abigail, uh, her husband Nabal had created this very unhealthy situation, where he got into trouble with David, and we have this picture of of Abigail uh, with with uh, donkeys and food and supplies going down this valley to meet David and his men with swords drawn on their way to to harm uh, Nabal because of the trouble that he has gotten into. And so she be- he became the savior, like she's the one that is saving Nabal. She's the one that is preventing Nabal from suffering the consequences of his action. And this is very typical of people who are in dysfunctional relationship, that they become caregiver of the dysfunctional person. They're the one that is picking up the pieces, that is, uh, is, 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 is taking on all the responsibilities that this dysfunctional person isn't, uh, isn't doing and it's very easy to get into burnout but it's important to know that if you are a couple for example and you have a dysfunctional spouse and you allow yourself to go into burnout and if you have children then it creates this very damaging situation for the family where now there are two absent parents one because of dysfunction and one because of ill health. So it's very important to self-care. And self-care, it's important to uh, make sure that you don't neglect your spirituality, for example, because spirituality is a way of coping. And uh, a lot of studies are there to show that people who who attend church, for example, that they're, they, they, they deal well with situations, better with situations than people who don't, and that they recover, they, 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 they're more resilient than, than, than people who don't have a vibrant spirituality. So the temptation is, when you're going through things like this, the temptation is to pull away from others and to isolate yourself. And like we talked about last week, it's very important for you not to isolate. It's very important for you to bear on others so you can get help and support. And self-care also involves getting rest, dealing with your, having a vibrant spiritual life, getting rest, making sure that you're eating properly, making sure that you're not taking on too much, making sure that you have support around you that can take up some of the the slack of the person who is dysfunctional and not not trying to do it all by yourself. So you're not a super person, you're not superwoman or superman. You will burn out if you take this on all by yourself. So attend to self-care, make sure you're exercising. Exercising, for example, gives us more energy. And also helps causes our body to to secrete the the feel good hormones endorphins that helps us to to feel better about life and about our situation. If you've just joined us, you're li- listening to the Life Transformation Radio Show. Today we are discussing part two of our series, Surviving Dysfunctional Relationships. If you missed the first half of today's show or part one, we encourage you to listen to both at our website, elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can call us at 613-699-1677, and we'd be happy to connect you with a copy of today's show as well as last week's. So, my Michael, what other tips do you give to people in these types of relationships? I think it's also very important to disengage from chaos and unhealthy conflict. I think in dysfunctional family, you sometimes have 
the person who is suffering as a result of their dysfunctional partner and and they're frustrated and they try talking about what's not going right and they, the other person raises their voice and before you know it, it is, there's a shouting match that's going on and there are things being thrown and, you know, people are getting very out of control. And so the issue is not resolved because the chaos and the conflict take center stage and and then things blow up and uh, you, you have this this very high drama that's taking place and then... Uh, people withdraw into their corners and they uh, things go well for a while till something big happen again and then there's a next flare up and you have the same drama plays out and sometimes this dance, this dance, this drama can be going on for years and not resolved. So I think a very important step is to disconnect uh, disengage from the chaos and the unhealthy conflict. And uh, one way of doing that is to make sure that if you are the person who is suffering, let us say the person, you, know, you have a partner that is doing dysfunctional things, that you resolve to yourself that you are not going to be drawn into these kind of situations. And there are some boundary limits that are, that boundary setting that could be included in this as well, to say, if this drama gets into a situation where you hit me, for example, I will call the police. Or if you are disrespectful to me and uses those words, I'm not going to, to tolerate that any more. I'm not going to put up with that kind of behavior anymore. But you don't get drawn into that because, unfortunately, I've seen uh, Christians who uh, who sometimes they're in dysfunctional relationship and they're trying to speak up and they start very nicely. They suggest, you know, let us pray about this and the other person says something unkind and before you know it, both persons are swearing and doing things that are ungodly. So it's very important that you Resolve to yourself that I am not going to 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 be involved in that kind of drama. So here are some tips for not getting, not dealing, not becoming drawn into those situations. The first tip is that choose a time to talk about those situations. Don't wait until you're frustrated or something happens and you're really angry about what has happened to talk about it. Uh, choose a time. Sometimes the right at the moment when something happened is not the right time. When he comes in drunk, it's not the right time. When you just discovered that uh, he's having an affair or you just discover something on the computer that he's watching porn, it's not necessarily the right time to deal with it. The right time to deal with that is when you're calm and when the other person is also very relaxed and you're having a nice, comfortable cup of coffee and you say, you know what, there's something I want to talk to you about. The other day I discovered this and it really bothers me that. And you talk about it. And as you talk about it, the person, the, the timing is right. The person might still escalate. But your se the secret of being effective here is that if the other person escalates, don't get drawn into that. If the person escalates, 
and starts becoming very toxic and starts attacking you. You said, I'm very sorry that you feel that way. This is not what I'm trying to do. I want to talk about this situation of what is... The other person might bring things up from the past. You know, I would love to talk to you about that, but let's set some other time to talk about my failures and my flaws. But today, I want to talk to you about what I found on the computer and avoid that kind of deflection. I think this is that the broken record technique you've talked about in the past. You just keep going back and going back back and going back, right? Absolutely. It is so important not to get involved in the chaos because once you get in the chaos, couples sometimes tell me that we start fighting and I forgot what we started talking about in the first place. All I know is that I'm just so angry and hurt after it's Mm -hmm. finished and nothing is resolved. So don't get drawn into the chaos. If you find yourself getting angry, walk away saying, you know what, uh, right now I don't like the way I'm feeling, so let's talk about this some other time and go back to it, but don't get drawn into the chaos. Okay, so what is the last tip that you have for us today about this topic? The final point is that don't allow yourself to be bullied or manipulated uh, into into continuing in this dysfunctional situation. And so uh, being being bullied, for example, could be an, uh, what we talked about earlier in the chaos, where you start talking and the person goes to shouting right away. And so if you're not careful, you learn that I shouldn't go there. Don't poke the bear. Yeah, don't poke the bear. And so uh, people will remain in these situations where they say, well, you know, I, I can't talk about it because every time he talk, I talk about it, uh, he reacts angrily. So that is being that is an example of being bullied. And the person who is being dysfunctional learns that I, the, the, the way that I get I, I avoid dealing with this uh, situation that I don't want to deal with is by raising my voice. So if you need to get help, last week we talked about the Matthew 18 principle of bringing witnesses into the situation and, and including third parties to get objective help. If you need to do that to confront the situation, do that. But don't be bullied into doing nothing about the situation because if you do, you will will burn yourself out eventually and uh, secondly the dysfunction will only become more entrenched and more destructive to your family so it's important that you don't allow yourself to be to be bullied so so you've given us seven great tips to survive these dysfunctional mm-hmm. relationships what's your overall message for the person who's living in these type of situations my overall message is that it it's not easy like these tips that i'm giving you especially if you've been in a relationship uh for a long time where these things are have been going on for years it's it's not easy to do some of these things I'm asking you to do. And so it's going to take courage. Uh, my overall message is that all of these tips that I'm talking about here take some kind of courage. And the next overall tip is that it, you cannot do it alone. If you're in a dysfunctional relationship, especially where you're being isolated, uh, you need to step out of that isolation because you will not be able to make that better. So maybe you are listening and you're in a situation that has been going on for years and you have been hoping and praying that it gets better. Uh, hoping and praying alone isn't enough. 
There is a story in, in the Old Testament, the sin of Achan, where Joshua was on his knee praying to God, and he's having this revival prayer meeting for 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 uh, uh, talking to God, and God took him out of the prayer and said, no, I don't want you to be praying. There is time here for action. There is sin in the camp, and I needed to go and deal with it. And so we had to find Achan's tent and take away the sinful things that were in that tent, the things that Achan had stolen that God didn't want, it, that God had forbidden them from taking uh, before God's blessing could flow again. So my, my overall situ- uh, comment here is that it takes courage. You can't do you can't do you can't do it alone. You need other people around you. And praying and hoping is not enough. You need to involve others and get help. So if you'd like to reach out for help, we encourage you to contact us here at Elam Counseling Services. You can go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can call us at 613-699-1677. Yes, and we'd like to thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Life Transformation Radio Show. I just have this feeling here that I am touching some heart out there of someone who has been struggling in a situation and is in a lot of pain and you're even at the point of giving up but I would like you to know that you don't have to give up there there is help there uh, available for you and you need to reach out don't suffer in silence don't suffer alone so until next time this is your host Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services and Melissa Waggett praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart <laughs>